Do you ever feel like you don't have anything to say when you're trying to post online? Are you unsure of how to talk about your business? Do you ever feel like you are just too boring for people to listen to? I've got a secret for you guys. Even a boring business has a story to tell. And today we're joined by Gavin Hammer as we discuss why storytelling is the number one thing that you should be doing to learn and focus on when it comes to your social media marketing. Stay tuned, guys. It's time for the Marketing for Your Boring Business Facebook Live Show and Podcast. Welcome to Marketing for Your Boring Business presented by All-in-One Social Media where marketing professionals and industry leaders discuss what you can do to have your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. Join us each week to learn more about social media, online marketing, trending topics, and tips to grow your online marketing efforts. Now here's your host, Desiree Martinez. That's right, guys. I am Desiree, and thank you again for tuning in to the Marketing for Your Boring Business live show and podcast. We are here every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, and if you are watching live on Facebook, make sure you type boring, B-O-R-I-N-G, into the comment section now so that you can get updates from when our next show is, any promotions and resources are going to help you make sure your message gets seen in that cluttered newsfeed. And hey, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you hit that big old subscribe button right now so you don't miss when our next episode is coming out. On today's show, we have Gavin Hammer. And before we dive into this, I just want to thank everyone who has tuned into the live show or on the replay. Please let me know if you have any questions so that we can make sure to answer them for you, no matter when it is that you are putting them into. So let me tell you a little bit about Gavin. Gavin is the founder and CEO of Sendable. Sendable is a social media management platform designed for agencies. It's used by over more, it's used by more than 20,000 agencies worldwide. Gavin was born in Cape Town, South Africa. He studied business science with a major in computer science. And after working for Africa's largest fashion retailer for four years, he moved to London. He's been living there for 13 years. Whilst living there, he launched Sendable, which is actually turning 10 years old as of this week. Sendable is completely bootstrapped with no outside investment. And because their only boss is the customer, they can focus on building solutions that satisfy their customers' needs. And you know what's interesting is I have probably been a Sendable customer almost as long as the company has been around. So thanks for being on the show today, Gavin. Thanks for having me, Desiree. It's great to be yeah. here. So I always just like to dive into this. What led you to starting Sendable? Um, yeah, it's, it's quite a funny story. So my, my dad, um, he, he, he ran a, a cleaning chemical company in South Africa. Um, and he had about, I think it was about 30 employees. And he needed a way to be able to schedule emails on their birthdays. So kind of a way to just uh, set up a tool to schedule emails, uh, wish them happy birthday. Uh, so at the time that he, gave, he brought me this idea, I was actually working for a software company uh, building sort of banking integration systems. So I had the idea just to create something that could actually send any type of message or schedule any type of content across any type of platform um, at any time. So the whole idea came from that initial thought process from my dad about scheduling emails. And then Sendable, actually, the reason the name came about was because it made sending any type of message possible. So in the early days, you could send email, SMS, MySpace post even back in the day, uh, <laughs> Facebook, all these kinds of things from one place. And the, the actual sending engine was so robust that you could plug in any type of integration. 
Um, so what happened was I built the software and then launched it back in 20, or 2009, actually, 10 years ago yesterday. Um, and uh, yeah, it kind of just took off. So we got 20,000 users really quickly. It was written about on Mashable, Read, Write, Web. It was, it was free, completely free. And uh, people just, just loved it back in the day. And um, actually, I mean, even back then, I was, I was having to write code to scrape the different websites. So scraping basically means you kind of replicating what a human would do. So oh, logging okay. into Facebook, posting, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, we're going to dive more into Sendable and talk more with Gavin. But first, we're going to show a little bit of love for our sponsor, who also so happens to be Sendable. Today's show, we are focusing on storytelling. But once you know what your story is, how are you getting it out into the world? How are you going to know if people are even seeing your story? And how are you going to keep up with all of the comments? Well, that is where Sendable is going to be the solution for you. Sendable allows you to do many amazing things to make your story get seen. You're able to bulk schedule posts on all social networks, including uploading video to YouTube, Instagram, and more. And now you can even create your own graphics with Sendable's new image editor. This can help you create engaging graphics to help tell your story better. This is actually the official social media platform of the All-in-One social media team. I have tested a ton of software and I always come back to Sendable. In fact, I've been using Sendable, I think, since I think the late days of 2010. I am very much in love with the software I've been using it for so long and I would never recommend to you guys anything I wouldn't use and love myself. So make sure you click that link in the description so that you can check it out with a free 30-day trial. Now, marketing is a lot of work, as you guys know, and there are so many new tools and terms and methods that are coming about every single day, it seems like. It is so stressful and can make even the savviest of marketers and business owners want to give up. And that is why we have the marketing buzzword with Ben Roberts, and he helps us decipher a marketing buzzword one word at a time. So let's bring on soon-to-be best-selling author Ben Roberts to the show. <laughs> hey, thanks, Desiree. How are you? Yeah. Good. All right. What is our buzzword for today, Ben? So today we're actually looking at sort of two in one, which is a little bit exciting, I know. And it's actually millennial marketing and Gen Z marketing. Now. The reason I want to actually bring these together is a reiteration of what I've covered on the podcast before, that millennial marketing is a fancy term that actually doesn't mean anything. And the same thing now with Gen Z is. And this is one of, this is one of those buzzwords. And normally on each of these episodes, we'll go and say, this is what it really means. Now, the problem with millennial marketing and Gen Z marketing is you're targeting something that's so huge you're basically just saying you're targeting someone between a, an age range of about 15 and 20 years, which is so different. So if any of you are using the terms millennial marketing or Gen Z marketing, you need to actually think about using a different word or term to try and actually make, so actually you're becoming more refined and actually you're targeting someone in particular because it's you're targeting something that's so large. Now, within millennial marketing and Gen Zs, you've actually got so many more niches you've got so many more distinctions in there so not even just going down to um, men or women girls or boys or even going down to location based interest based because the amount the wider there's such a wide range of things if you're using the terms millennial marketing or gen z marketing you're actually just being lazy and you're not really targeting anyone so this week i want to sort of say 
These are two terms that are being thrown around still, but yet they actually mean anything. So if you're just using these terms, actually think about doing something that's more specific and more niche to actually mean something. So you're actually targeting someone because targeting millennials, flipping out, you're just throwing spaghetti at a wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I always find it interesting. Everyone really, like, loves to put people into boxes like, oh, you have a box and now we know exactly what to do with you. And it's so ridiculous because even as quote unquote millennials ourselves, there are still so many things like to narrow down in us based on our interests. Millennial, I feel like is almost just like an age and everyone tries to tie all these other things to it. So I think that this is very important information for us to keep in mind, especially when we're doing things like targeting and figuring out who it is we want our products and services to be in front of. Oh, exactly. I mean, to you and I, would you could probably mutually target us on marketing stuff, but really, you, you're really into your the military stuff. Again, this has no relevance on my life. So targeting millennials with military stuff or me with targeting me with hockey stuff, it has no interest to you. So it just shows that it's such a broad term and it actually doesn't mean anything. If you're using that term in your marketing or in your strategy, say we're going to target millennials, it's get rid of that word. It, you're basically saying that you're targeting any you're targeting somewhere in between 20 sort of like between 20 and 35 it just it doesn't have any relevance on actual real you're not gonna get any good quantifiable good marketing detailed marketing off targeting millennials yes all right guys you heard it here first make sure you know exactly <laughs> who it is you're targeting not just an age but really specific things and if you're looking for a millennial who loves dogs and is in the military and lives in the states i'm your girl and if you're looking for someone who's hockey and cats and lives in england ben's your guy so whoa whoa, whoa desiree i'm in wales not england oh, oh sorry. no sorry. <laughs> very sorry <laughs> I feel like you telling me I lived in Canada. It's not the same thing. I'm sorry. I didn't actually, I actually didn't know that. So that's actually good to know. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Ben. It was awesome to talk with you as always. And we will see you on the next marketing buzzword. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, if you are just tuning in, we are talking with Gavin Harmer today about the importance of storytelling with social media marketing. If you are watching us on Facebook, make sure you type boring into the comment section now so that you can get updates about when our next show is and any resources that are going to help you make sure your message gets seen in that cluttered newsfeed. And hey, if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure to hit the subscribe button now so that you don't miss any more of our weekly episodes. Now let's get back to Gavin. All right, Gavin. So... You have seen a lot it happen with social media, but what do you think it is that businesses get wrong the most often when it comes to posting things on social media? Um, yeah, I guess we've seen a lot of change recently. Um, I think the number one change would be just from last year uh, with obviously Facebook and Twitter making some drastic changes to what third-party apps can actually do. Um, and, and this is a result of people just posting out spam and clickbait. So just kind of posting out your links, your affiliate links, that kind of thing, without any sort of substance behind that content is one of the, the, the biggest mistakes we've seen. Uh, but I personally believe that social media is, being, is becoming more effective um, higher up the funnel. So kind of more for brand awareness, storytelling, as I'm going to tell you about just now, but more about kind of building a following based on what you, what you stand for, your opinion on the world, rather than kind of links and that kind of thing. Um, and this is, obviously, this is clear to see with Instagram, right? So Instagram, you obviously can't click any links in the posts. 
it's all very visual. And some businesses are still just posting out link after link and getting no attraction uh, whatsoever. And I think um, that's something we're still seeing. And we've seen, obviously, Facebook now clamp down on fake news. We've seen Twitter block quite a few apps uh, recently. I don't know if you saw on TechCrunch last week, but there are about three apps that allow you to do um, auto-following. Oh, yeah. They're completely blocked by, uh, by Twitter. So it's all about being real, authentic, um, you know, spending more time on the content that you're creating and uh, driving engagement that way as opposed to just posting out link after link and automating that stuff. You said something very interesting. You said you feel like social media is at the top of the funnel and more about like brand yeah. awareness. Do you think that it's kind of like putting um, social media posting more into like a PR space almost? Yeah, so that's, sorry about the sirens. Oh, it's okay. um, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we've seen from our from our experience, right? So people, because there's so much um, noise in the, in the news feed, as you were saying, uh, so much competition, the way to stand out is to build a following and audience first so they can actually engage with your content. Um, and the way to do that is to post stuff that you actually have an opinion on to build the audience that aligns with that opinion or, the, or those thought processes. Um, so, for example, if, if we're at Senderboard discussing storytelling, we're going to uh, kind of um, have an opinion about something to do with storytelling, whether it's about people's attention spans, distractions, that kind of thing, and build an audience based on people who align with that sort of brand essence. And once you build the trust, then you'll eventually get the clicks and the engagement. But it, it's about building trust higher up the funnel, building up an audience, posting stuff that gets them engaged. And every now and then, you obviously throw in some content that they're going to click through to buy your product or your service, but it's really starting much higher up the funnel. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's more towards PR, more towards visual storytelling, uh, less about driving the sale um, from my perspective. That's that's very insightful. I actually haven't heard anybody talk about that before, but I, I can see exactly what you're talking about and I couldn't agree with you actually more. There, It's so hard to get seen. Like I said, that's why like our theme of our show is getting your message seen in that cluttered newsfeed. And I think that a big part of that does happen on that storytelling level. So what do you think it is? So we've talked about things that people are doing wrong. What do you think it is that people are doing right on social media? Like what are some of like your favorite examples of things that businesses are doing on social? So I think I think the key is to be real, um, especially for businesses. So really to show behind the scenes of your company. Um, so there, there's, a, there's a software as a service company called Drift. Um, okay. And Drift is doing a great job at just letting people into the company, showing behind the scenes, standing for one thing. Um, and their one thing is about um, having no forms. So basically, they've had this whole opinion about removing forms, letting people access your content without blocking them, and building a following based on what the value is that you're bringing in terms of your content and the stuff you're putting out there. So, so what, what I'm seeing in terms of companies are those that are the more transparent um, or the ones that are doing the, the, the best uh, currently. So what we're doing at Sendable now is we're actually creating video newsletters um, oh, to cool. show people behind the scenes. So, so we have to compete with the likes of Hootsuite and some of these bigger companies. And the way we can differentiate is by showing behind the scenes, like how we work, what we're building, who's actually working on the stuff that you guys are seeing. Um, and I believe that it's key to be, to kind of bring those stories into the content that you're posting on social media. Um, so it's, it's really about celebrating your, your customers, your employees, telling more about what's going on behind the scenes to build a following uh, of the people that believe in what, in what you're doing. Um, and obviously, we have some tactics that we use about, you know, obviously, the, the, the typical storytelling tactics, which I can share with you a bit later. But um, 
course. Yeah, it's, it's kind of less about sales. It's more about telling the story behind the scenes of, of a business. Um, so why is it why is it that do you think that storytelling is sort of the heart of of effective social media marketing? Um, yeah, basically, okay. So you, you have a you have a cluttered news feed. Um, there's obviously more content being consumed on mobile than ever before. People are easily distracted. Um, so, so what happens is people are looking at the content, looking at the news feed, need something to grab their attention. And, and an image of um, you know, like a, a stock image is not going to grab anyone's attention. Everyone's seen it before. People are filtering out the stock images. Um, people are ignoring links. They want to stay on the platform. Social algorithms are keeping you on the platform. They don't want you to leave. So you're going to be seeing more video, more imagery, and kind of less links. So the way to get people's attention is through content, whether it's visual or video, that actually drives people to uh, want to engage with it, want to view it, want to read it. Um, so storytelling is about obviously starting with a challenge um, and then explaining how you dealt with that challenge, how you overcame it, and what your lessons were after that, so kind of how you solved that problem. And that's what people want to hear, that people are tired of the stock imagery, the over-polished sort of Instagram posts with perfect bodies and you know, it's people are sick of all the fake stuff. They want to hear real, authentic stories. Um, and the only way to get people to engage with your brand is by telling these stories, so they're more likely to click through and uh, leave comments and share your share your stuff. Ready? Yeah, looks like you have a little bit of, uh, of agreement. Graham says he couldn't agree more. Social media is definitely the top level level for engagement and discussions. Once they're on your website, that's when you can do the sale and follow up with a Facebook pixel. Great tip, Graham. All right, guys, if you are just joining us today, we are talking with Gavin Harmer from Sendable about the importance of storytelling with your social media marketing. If you're watching us on Facebook, make sure you type boring in the comment section now to subscribe to our show. And if you are watching on YouTube or our podcast, make sure that you hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss next week's and all future episodes. All right, Gavin, so I would love it if you could share with us your personal experience in developing a new brand system for Sendable all based on storytelling. Um, yeah, so this was something we were looking at towards the end of last year, just trying to figure out where social media is going. Um, as I said, we believe it's moving further up the funnel, higher up, um, to build the audience. And then as, as Graham was saying about getting those clicks and get, get, getting the sale once they hit your website. Um, so what we did was we, we looked for a sort of a, a system. Um, we, we came across the brand strategy canvas. Um, if your audience Googles that, you'll find that there's various templates about how to do this. Uh, but the key is to start with the brand strategy, brand strategy canvas. Canvas, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the key is to start with your mission. Like, what is your mission as a company? Like, what are you trying to achieve? And the mission isn't necessarily your service or your product. It's kind of what you stand for in the world. What do you believe in? Um, okay. So at Sendable, we want to help agency founders create. We want to help. Sorry, we want to help founders create successful agencies. Okay. That's our, our mission. And kind of how we do that right now is we build a product that helps um, agencies amplify their clients' stories to make them successful. Um, so Sendable is a tool to help you get your content out there ready. So take your, your mission, and then once you've done that, figure out who your customers are. And when, when, when I say customers, you have to go really deep into their personas, understand what their challenges are. That's really key. Like, what do they struggle with? Uh, go deep into their background and understand their values. And once you've built up these personas, you then figure out what story you're going to tell, what your brand stands for. Um, so from that, we created our own value, our own value system, kind of what our brand values are. 
Um, and from there, we then use that, those values to inform our content strategy. Uh, so one of our values is about being curious, so curiosity. And at Sendable, we have certain things like a book club, you know, we have a knowledge sharing breakfasts. And these things, we, we never actually put these things out there publicly. We did them internally, but never really showed our values publicly um, through the brand. So we're now looking at everything we're doing internally and figuring out how we can make those things public. So, so the key there is take your values, figure out how you can turn those values from internal to your company and make them external to build a following around those values. So you know, that way you can find other people who are curious, like to learn. Um, you know, we, we have a book club at Sendable. We want to share that information that we learned to the book club. And then suddenly you have a following of people who understand that you guys stand for curiosity. We want to get behind this brand and support them on the journey. Um, so once you have these values, you then can build a content strategy and figure out ideas, piece of content that start into each of those different values um, and how they relate to your target personas. Um, so that's, that's where we are now. And then obviously with every story you tell, as I was saying before, it's a standard framework you can use. There's a framework called the PAS framework, P-A-S, um, which I suggest you guys look up, very simple. So you start with what the problem is, um, how you can aggravate the problem is the A, like how you can make the problem feel really bad, um, why it's important, and then just explain how you solve that problem through storytelling. Um, and that's something I've been experimenting with myself. Um, so even just on LinkedIn, if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see I've been trying different approaches to storytelling. And the ones that get the most engagement um, are the ones where you have a photo of someone, of a human, okay. with, an emotion, with, a, with an emotion on their face, something that's an authentic reaction to something. <laughs> okay. um, and seriously, from that, I generated like 20,000 uh, views of a, of, a of, a, of a particular LinkedIn post just by showing some sort of emotional connection and then having a story behind that, like what led to that emotional reaction. And what was, the, what was the challenge, how you overcame it, um, and what the solution is. Um, so that, that, that's how we approach it now. And that's generated so much engagement for us. Um, and that's yeah something we, we're trying to learn and experiment with ourselves so we can help other agencies um, do this for their clients. Very neat. So while you work a lot with agencies, I'm sure your agencies work, like because again, all on one social media, we're an agency, we use your tool and we use it to manage the social media marketing for our boring businesses that we service it. So my question is, is how do you suggest our boring businesses on the, or the businesses that the agencies work with telling their story when they probably don't think that there's a lot there. Maybe they're like guarded about like being mm. too personal or too open, or they're like kind of a bit more old school. They're like, I'm just a dentist. I'm just a roofer. Like, let's talk about cavities and leaky roofs. Like how, like, how do we tell those stories? How can we as agencies help tell those stories for those everyday business owners? Um, it's about asking the right questions, right? So you need to trigger responses by asking the right questions. Okay. Uh, so one, one trick is to say, what keeps you up at night? Oh. Uh, so start with what, what are the problems? Um, like what keeps you up at night? And they might, they might say this or that, you know, maybe someone was fired or someone left the company. Um, and then you might check back in maybe in a few weeks later and you say, how do you overcome that problem? Because you know, every business owner has problems, things that they worry about, things that consumes them, but they eventually overcome them. Um, as I'm sure you know, personally, you know, you always have issues you have to deal with and how you overcome it. So like, how do you, how do you find time for X or, um, so ask what keeps them up at night. Um, and then ask them maybe for a challenge that they recently overcame. Like what was something that you, that bothered you a month ago? Or what was the biggest problem you had last month? 
and how, how have you moved that forward since then? So asking things like problem, problem type questions will trigger responses you can use to help craft stories for your clients. Rather than just telling all the happy stuff and new products and new services they offer, try going into the um, kind of the, the mindset and, and you know, even asking other employees in the company, like what, what problem have they overcome personally you know, in their roles? And try to find stories that you can, you can craft out of those. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I know for me with my agency, one of the things that we struggle with is getting content from our customers. And I think that one of the, the biggest perks of working with an agency besides their expertise is that it's kind of just like done for you. Like you don't have to worry about it. Like I can honestly tell you, I have some clients I have not talked to in like over a year because they know it's getting done and it's getting done well and it's effective for them. So what are your thoughts that you have for when agencies can't seem to get that information from their clients? Like, how can we continue to tell their, tell good, compelling stories when we're not getting information? Um, yeah, so just from my experience, speaking to certain agency owners and um, account managers, what they tend to do is they, they tend to book a session where they go on site. Um, so it's probably like one day a month or one day a quarter. Okay. And they, they just go there and take pictures and speak okay. to the speak to the staff, take notes, um, and then they have a they have a month's or a quarter's worth of content. Um, obviously, if you have clients who are in different cities um, or states, it can get it can get harder. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess I guess the, the 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 I think the ideal way is just to book in a time where you speak to them and just interview them and ask some questions. Okay. Because you want you want to be telling authentic stories. You know that that's the key. If, if you can't get that, that um, the, the human side of it, the pain that they're feeling, um, then it's, it's not going to come across as real. Yeah. So, so from my perspective, you need to just spend time speaking to them, even if it's half an hour, you know, a, a month, just to try and find out what the challenges are, um, and obviously asking them to share share their, 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 their content with you. One way that people do it is they have a shared Dropbox folder, or they use Sendable to store all the content from their clients, and let their clients contribute that content. Okay. But it, it's about training your clients to really share share the stories with you. I mean, I understand that there's some clients who don't want to have any involvement with the agencies, just want you to get on with it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, from, from our perspective, if, you, if you're building a brand, if it's, if it's about brand awareness, you need to be telling the stories. If it's about, um, you know, sort of paid social, driving traffic to websites, then maybe just uh, finding content that helps drive the engagement uh, and clicks is probably enough. But um, yeah. What are your thoughts on retelling stories? So I think it's sort of the idea. It's like, what is it? Like such a small, like there was some report that came out recently that talked about how few people are actually seeing the posts of brand pages. And I think that we kind of as marketers, like when, especially when we're doing stuff for our clients or like we're in our own business, we feel like we're telling our story over and over and over again to the point like where we're like saying it in our sleep. What are your thoughts on how to effectively keep telling your story when you kind of only have so many stories to tell? <laughs> That's a good point. Um, see, I think I think when you're a business owner, you're always going to be creating new stories, right? I mean, there's always a new problem to solve. Experiences that yeah. can be a story, but I still think the story of your business and like who you are and what you stand for and your mission. I feel like you do need to keep talking about that, but yeah. it also can get really tiresome. Like I literally have to say at least a bazillion times a week that 
we help small businesses get their message seen in cluttered news feeds. Like, you know, it's just like, it's kind of like, almost kind of feels as we, the storyteller, it feels almost inauthentic and repetitive. Mm. I think, yeah, so, so so one way we do it is obviously we have our, our story, but we, we find the customers who have benefited from what our story said we were doing kind of thing. I'll explain that. But, you know, if you look at a story, if you look at the hero of the story, right, the hero of the story is your client. That's really who the hero is. Okay. It's not you, it's the client. You are the guide. So you, you're helping the clients overcome obstacles to get them to, to that, that goal that they have or to be successful. So the stories you tell should, really, should never be about yourself as that. It should be about your, your customers or your clients. So for example, you know, you have a client who had a problem. Um, you helped them overcome that problem through the, the guidance you gave or the help you provided or the service you have. And I, I think, I believe that the, the most compelling stories are when you are sharing the successes of your heroes, which are your clients, and how you help them overcome those, those problems. So from our point of view, we, so I personally, I spend, I open my calendar app uh, to customers twice a week, we have calls. And I just wanna hear their perspectives, their challenges, and see how Sendable as a company are helping them to overcome those. And that's how I can then bring those stories back to the marketing team and help get that out in a more authentic way. So those stories are coming from our clients or our customers rather than from us. But, uh, but it's more about how we help them achieve success through their own journey. And that, that those are the stories we're telling. It sounds like it would yeah. be a great exercise for any business owner. I think agency, boring product, whatever, is to kind of sit down, maybe even like monthly or quarterly, and really think like, what are the stories that you can tell who are that from what's happened to you recently, like what you've gone through? Sounds like that'd be a great way to kind of like map out what you should be creating for your content for social media. Um, to keep so you're not sounding like a broken record and not being repetitive. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it, it's a challenge, right? It's, it's how do you find those new stories and um, how do you craft them in a way that makes them engaging? Um, do you find that it's better to have like a long post, a video, or a long post with the video? That's a good question. So I've, I've been testing LinkedIn a lot lately, as I was saying. Um, and about six months ago, LinkedIn, the algorithm was optimized for video. Yeah. Um, you know, people were getting crazy engagements on, on LinkedIn. Um, I've tested obviously both um, text only with an image, plain text, um, and video with, with text. And it seems that LinkedIn is not favoring video as much as they were. Oh. Uh, what, what we're seeing is it's more about, it's more like images um, and long text at the moment. Um, because I think it's just been, it's been overutilized uh, on LinkedIn at the moment. Um, don't know what you're finding on Facebook yourself. I know you, you're heavily into Facebook. I uh, find, I, yeah. I honestly feel like with Facebook, it comes down to a combination of a couple of things. One, I think Facebook Lives perform really well. I think that short text-based videos perform really well. Um, I think that when you have a good image, like what you said with like a face and a reaction or something really cute, mm -hmm. like especially for me, it's a little bit easier because I've got really cute little kids. Um, it's a little bit easier to kind of like have, I find that long posts perform really well on Facebook and get really good engagement because it forces people, especially if you can grab them in that like first like five lines, 
with like something really catching and they have to click that see more, you'll almost always get that engagement from that. And I also think it also ties into like when you're sharing something. I find I get the most engagement with people, ironically enough, on Sunday evenings because that's when everyone's at home scrolling their phones when they're supposed to be spending time with their families, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but like the middle of the day post, and I also can find like my different audiences depending on the time of day is what happens. So it's a bit interesting, but I recently dove into LinkedIn myself and cause so I feel like so many people are like, I'm all in on LinkedIn this year. Like it's yeah. going to be the bees knees. They just announced live streaming with LinkedIn, yeah, I which I find kind of interesting. I know that people like Brian Fanzo and Amy Landino and, and Eric Mitchell, they're all about, they love that LinkedIn video is short. Like you can't do a longer than 10 minute video. Mm. So this live thing is going to kind of add in a different, I think, twist to it. So I think it's, I think I'm going to be a really lame cliche marketer and say, you have to test it out to find out what's right mm. for you. But I think that when you're telling a story, it either needs to be a long post or a video. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's, I mean, if it's a if it's a long post, you have to have some sort of image with it just to drive that reaction. Um, but yeah, that, that's from my perspective. And I mean, the other thing that works really well is using uh, hashtags on LinkedIn. So because it's fairly new, they're still optimizing the algorithm with hashtags. Yes. Um, so I find if you use smart hashtags, you tend to get more engagement, um, and it, it is fairly accurate. So it kind of reaches the audience that would relate to, that, to those hashtags um, pretty well. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, using comments and that kind of thing and tagging people in those comments also works pretty well. Yeah. We kind of diverged away from, I think, our storytelling <laughs> objectives. Guys, if you are just tuning in right now, we are talking with Gavin, the CEO of Sendable, about how you can use storytelling to make better, more engaging social media posts. If you have not typed boring in the comment section yet, why haven't you? Do you not just love all of this great info Gavin is giving us today? If you like it, make sure you type boring in the comment section now so that you can get uh, notifications about our future shows. And Gavin, I want to kind of close up our talk today. And I really would love to get like your final thoughts and pointers for people who need to figure out how to tell their story in a compelling and good way. So many of our listeners are like in their businesses. They're the ones who are fixing teeth, fixing roofs, you know, addressing those plumbing needs. They're not necessarily marketers or copywriters or people who spend all day doing this. So what advice do you have to them to help them get started with telling their stories um I, I would i would recommend a book so there's a really good book that uh, um, i've just read really good by, by donald miller uh, called story brand okay so, so what, what story brand is it's a framework um every chapter there's a task at the end and it helps you think through how you can craft your your business's story first so from that you can build the habits to tell other stories so i, I would say if they have time i know everyone's busy but uh, if you want to be successful in social media for 2019, I think you really have to learn how to be a good storyteller. Uh, but this book is really good. Story Brand, Donald Miller. Um, read that. If you don't have time to read that, um, as I said, you need to ask. Is a book? Because the bees knees over here. <laughs> yeah, it could be. A, I haven't checked, actually. I'm sure there is one. Um, <laughs> so I would say start with that book. Uh, the other thing is just to follow that simple framework that I told you before. Uh, start with a problem, why the problem is important, and how you overcame it. And think of that every single week. So spend spend one day a week just thinking, right, what problem did I have last week? 
how did I overcome it? What values did, did that um, align with for myself or for my brand? And okay. try align your stories to what you stand for in terms of your values. Um, so, I mean, so, so like my value is about like, how can you like disconnect from social media? I mean, even though I'm a, I'm a social media and social media business, I believe it's important to be creative and disconnect from social media once in a while. Um, so in my personal brand, I'm telling stories about like how I've learned to declutter my phone, for example, how to you know, spend more time with my family, how to get less, be, be less distracted from social media. And that's kind of my personal thing, my personal story. So I start, start with telling what it is that's important to you, what you stand for as a person. Um, and then in that, finding things that align in your day-to-day -day with that particular value that you have. And that's how you can find the stories that will help generate engagement. Um, does that make sense? No, I think that that is a fantastic way to wrap this up. If people want to go follow your stories, Gavin, where is the best place for them to do that? Um, as I said, probably if you just search for me on LinkedIn, um, I'm heavily into link LinkedIn at the moment. Instagram, um, it's, it's hamgav is my username. Um, and then Twitter is Gavin Hammer. Um, Perfect. Sounds great. All right, guys, make sure you make sure you hit that subscribe button and type boring in that comment section now. Thank you so much for being on today's show, Gavin. And guys, like we always say in military life, it is never goodbye. It is see you soon. So until next time, guys, I will see you soon. Thanks for listening to Marketing for Your Boring Business. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or share this episode on social media. Want more? Subscribe to automatically get the latest episodes of Marketing for Your Boring Business. This podcast is presented by All-in-One Social Media.